We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Our 10th season, Scott. We figured that out before the podcast, and I think you didn't believe it when I said this is going to be our 10th season in 2024. We started doing this podcast prior to the 2015 season, and 2024 will indeed be the 10th season of Yankees baseball. Happy New Year, man. Um, Yeah, I need you to count on your fingers to prove that because uh, in my head, the math didn't work. But then when you counted on your fingers and I saw all those 10 digits go up, I was like, damn, this is the 10th year coming up. That's a lot. It's uh, it's it's kind of crazy because you mentioned also like the last five years is a blur. I agree. The last five years is, uh, is definitely a blur. You know, leading up to, to 19, I think, was like the last normal year. And then ever since then, it's just been uh, it's just been a, a different both in Yankees baseball, the world and our lives. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. This one, this one, this this upcoming season needs to be uh uh, number 10 needs to be better be a good different year yeah it needs to be different it just needs to be different instead of not hitting the ceiling or you know getting to a place where they're actually maximizing you know what the abilities are on the baseball diamond they actually need to do that uh, for a full season not just half a year 
last year, I think for a lot of people watching watching the Yankees, for two people talking about it two or three times a week, was not easy. And uh, I don't know that uh, I don't know how we are going to be able to handle another non-existent Yankees season uh, like 2023. So hopefully 2024 is different. But you know what it also means? You know what today also is? It's the first podcast of the new year. So mm-hmm. you know what we have to do? <clears throat> Festivus? That's no, last we year. missed we missed Festivus. Festivus God damn it. Before Christmas. <clears throat> yeah. We have to pick a date is when the last time you could wish someone a happy new year is. No, that's your thing. I, you can wish me a happy new year anytime you want. Bullshit. I, I come to you April April 12th. I can wish you a happy new year. If you're talking about the baseball new year, sure. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to put a, a, a January 12th date on it. Oh, you've, <laughs> moved, you've moved it up. <laughs> You've moved it up because I'm pretty sure weeks. it was the it was the third it was the third week of January was your was your stop dead. There were some there's some caveats here. Yeah, because it depends on when the first day back of work is. Most people's first day back of work was yesterday, Tuesday. So you basically have two full work weeks. Okay. You're gonna so you're telling me you're gonna come back on the sixteenth because of MLK Day, I believe it's on the fifteenth. You're not gonna come back after MLK Day and start wishing people a happy new year. No, Maybe I haven't seen them yet. Where where does the caveat lie if you haven't seen them yet or spoken to them or communicated to them? Does that does that they're stretch not, through January or no? No, they're not important enough to get a happy new year. If you haven't mm. talked to them in the first two weeks yeah. of the month, they're probably not important enough to you to wish them a happy new year. Okay, I mean that's fine. I know you you have a you have a serious problem with uh, with people wishing you a happy new year after a particular date. So that's why I wish that everybody who's listening wishes you. Although you're you're no longer uh, active on Twitter, it's harder harder to get to you. Which which is a problem for me because I like bothering you and I like you know having uh, having people reach out to bother you. It makes me happy. So. I probably shouldn't say this, but I still do answer my Twitter DMs because a lot of people who listen to the podcast DM they just me on they're in the DMs now. They're in the DMs and cool, but but it's people who like the show and who I'm friendly with, so it, it's positive interactions. It's not shitheads. Well, good. It'll call, mean call even me more out. to me than if those people uh, wish you a happy New Year after January 16th. That will be even better because cool. clearly you have a rapport. January 12th. January twelfth. Okay, sorry. January thirteenth on, 12th. please. Yeah, let it let it fly. Well, we skipped. We start hitting comments week. on Facebook uh, under your family pictures. I can't even log into Facebook. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. See comments on Facebook. My Facebook account has been locked for like nine months. So we, uh, in between the Christmas and New Year, we we did the Bernie Williams throwback episode. It just you know with the. You traveling, I was about to to head out for a couple of days and the slow news cycle just didn't make sense to to you know jump on and really only talk about Esteban Florial being traded away and Yamamoto not signing with the Yankees, which we're going to talk about today. But there have been a, a bunch of other things around the league over the past few days that have happened that I think impact the Yankees. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with the Yamamoto stuff? Because when we last recorded, which was the Wednesday before Christmas or the Thursday before <laughs> Christmas... Would you say the Yankees were like the leader in the clubhouse at that point to get them? I don't think anybody knew. That's the thing. Like it was, <laughs> there, there, there was so much unbelievable speculation around even Otani and and Yamamoto, <coughs> uh, but Yamamoto felt like it was, uh, you know, every, taking us taking us uh, for a for a loop, like in every different direction. So yeah, did I think the Yankees were firmly in it for sure? Definitely, definitely uh, expected that. Everything you heard was the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees, but really Dodgers, Yankees. So. Uh, what we learned is is that this guy wanted to be a Dodger the entire time, and you, whether Otani signed there or not, he was wanted to be a Dodger. So basically, just waiting this thing out, playing the the agent was just 
you know, making sure that he was getting the maximized uh, amount of dollars that he could possibly get for the contract to sign with the with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and that's exactly what happened. Because you know, I'm a I'm a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist when it comes to things like this. Do you think that Otani knew Yamamoto's top team? Right. So 100%. when a hundred percent. So when Otani was shopping his you know free agency around and he's going to the dodgers and i know he offered the deferred money to everyone reportedly but you have to imagine there's conversations in that dodger war room with with shohei otani where it's like i know yamamoto is coming here and you guys need to afford him and i want him here because he's going to give us a better chance to win so let's figure out how to get this done while also getting me paid you know that was a very direct conversation they were having i mean maybe but i I don't necessarily think that he was talking about his money in a in a in a way that clears dollars for Yamamoto. I think more so just like figure it out and the deferred money works for me. So if that helps add pieces and Yamamoto is one of them, then then great, be aggressive. Um, but I doubt he the Otani's making any adjustments to his salary strictly to sign uh, Yamamoto. I think it just it worked out well for both parties. Clearly, he wanted this. He wanted the the That's way that I'm it was saying. structured. I mean, the way that he wanted. Otani want, wanted it structured in a particular way, <coughs> and the Dodgers were able to, um, you know, uh, accommodate that. And yeah, it helped build a team around him, which Otani was interested. In. I don't think it probably wasn't directly around Yamamoto. Is all I'm saying. He wanted to to offer flexibility for the team so that the team can put a winner out there. And is Yamamoto part of that puzzle? Yes. I don't know. I, I think it's a factor because of them both being Japanese. Like if it was Blake Snell or if it was Jordan Montgomery, I don't know if it would That's have been like saying Blake thing. Snell and Jordan Montgomery are uh, in cahoots to sign in one team so that they can, you know, defer money. Maybe. Because they're both from the US. Maybe they are. They're not. <laughs> they're not. Newsflash. I don't think Blake Blake Snell needs to get get his. He needs to get mine. He should. ASAP. He just won the goddamn Cy Young. So mm-hmm. you'd think that a guy who wins the Cy Young uh, and becomes a free agent that like that's a great thing right you'd think that that would be a uh, a really positive way to enter free agency and that teams would be uh you know drooling over you to get the the most recent Cy Young winner of the it's just not happening it's just not the way it is and and maybe it's just you know the the market's needed to settle and there are you know many teams in the back that are uh, that are pining over him and and negotiating uh, against each other that we're just not really hearing about but it it feels like a weird market for Blake Snell right now, given uh, considering his 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 uh, success last year and and you know the fact that he kind of refound that stuff uh, that that he had in Tampa. Why do you think that is? I think it's because of uh, durability issues. I think because of the the amount of innings that he pitched. I think that's a concern. Although the Dodgers didn't see that as a concern with Glass now because. What he throw like 120 innings last year, career high, something along those lines, and got paid like a guy that uh, throws 200 innings. So um, I think there's, you know, Blake Snell puts a lot of guys on bases on, on the base paths as well. He walks a lot of dudes, so that's a concern if depending on where you're playing uh, and and the type of uh, ballpark and team that you have. Or it, yes, but it also has to do with you know Blake Snell's won two Cy Young awards, 2018 with Tampa. 2023 with San Diego. In between those Cy Young awards, he had a 4.29 ERA, a 3.24 ERA, a 4.2 ERA, and a 3.28 ERA. That that's like I'm not calling hey, that in, trash. Injury that's concern? not trash. Is it? That's not is trash. It, but these are these are, I think, stemmed because of injury. Okay, it's all a factor. It's the inconsistency. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So durability, it's, durability is a is a is a real reason for him. Like he put it together. 
he's you know I think he's a similar a similar risk as Cody Bellinger. So if you take one one side on on the pitching, the other on the hitting side, I think they're both uh, very clear risks because you, you see what the you see what the the up years are, and they're very good. They're extremely good. They're MVP and Cy Young can't get better than that. But the 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 down years are 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 significantly down from that. So you're you're looking at a very volatile career. Kind of don't know what you're going to get. So when you're looking at a long term deal, which both part, both of those uh, those guys, I'm uh, you know I, I would expect are, are going after, then you have a significant amount of risk in uh, in in signing those guys. And at that point, you're looking at the GM who's looking in the mirror, saying, "My job's on the line if this doesn't work out." <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Not not every not every GM has the luxury that Brian Cashman has had is to just whiff on massive fr- free agent contracts. Yeah. Job security. He's got job security like Yamamoto or like uh, Shohei Otani's uh, interpreter. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The other thing about Yamamoto, there's reports that the Yankees did not want to offer him a larger contract than Garrett Cole, and he ended up signing for $1 million more than Garrett Cole. There's a lot of funkiness in the deal for Yamamoto. It included a $50 million signing bonus and then some opt-outs depending on if he has Tommy John surgery or does not have Tommy John surgery in the first six years of his deal. So there's some funkiness in this contract, but the bottom line is it's, 300, it's, it's $1 million more than, what is it, $325 million guaranteed? Which is one million more than uh, was guaranteed on on Garrett Cole's contract. Now, obviously, Garrett Cole could, could opt out and then get that extension from the Yankees to to make that more. 
But on the face of it, it's a million dollars more. And reportedly, the Yankees did not want to do that for one reason or the other. Maybe it's because they didn't want that to be a you know optically for Garrett Cole. Maybe they just didn't think Yamamoto was worth it. I, I have no clue. But this is just sort of the nature of of setting the market as a player. Garrett Cole signed three, four seasons, four off seasons ago, right? Because he signed before the 2020 season it's, and he set the market. So of course, pitchers who come after you are going to get more money. That's not an, in, that's not a knock on you. That's not saying this player is better than you. That's just the nature of how these things go. So I don't know that that would have been a factor for Garrett Cole. I, I don't think it's a factor for Garrett Cole necessarily, but it's when you look at the market and you see a guy that's never pitched a, an inning in uh, in major league baseball top the 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 Cy Young in the American League winner and a guy who's been durable his entire career and dominant pretty much his entire career that's that's where the you're you're looking you're kind of scratching your head if you're Garrett Cole but it is what it is like there's a supply and demand issue and Yamamoto has an amazing track record and the fact that there is a precedent for number one guys coming over from Japan the number one guys of Japan coming over to the states in uh, in the major leagues and having success the precedent's there for that so it's not as much of a um, as an unknown. I think that they, I think that the the, the ownership and, and GMs across the league feel feel very comfortable with paying a guy who's had a lot of good success uh, in Japan. So it's but you could also point to it and say, well, it's less AAV. A big part of it is signing bonus. So this is this is not a bigger contract than yours, Garrett. It just it looks like it, but it's not. Like, uh, but again, I don't think this is a factor. I don't think at this point it's not Garrett a factor, Cole, and it shouldn't be. Garrett, Garrett Cole no. wants to win. Like, at, yeah, he wants to win. Like the fact you're not. It's not a slap in the face. You're not just taking off your glove. But uh, I feel like it was throw, reported like it wasn't a slap in the, air, in the face, catching to it, Cole. And slapping him across the face with it. It's not happening. Reported is one thing. Could it be? Could could someone see it as that? Would be ridiculous if if uh, if I'm a pitcher and. The, because I, the reason I don't want to sign a guy who's a top flight guy and will make my team better is because he's going to get a dollar more than me. That's 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 okay, an egocentric so say, bullshit. Say Juan Soto crushes it for the Yankees this year and they want to sign him to a long term deal. It's going to be bigger than Aaron Judge's contract. Is that going to be a slap in the face to the captain? No, Juan Soto's significantly younger than when Aaron Judge signed. Yamamoto's younger than when Garrett Cole signed. Exactly. So it's just, it's, I don't know why this bothered me that it was reported like this. It's like, no, maybe the Yankees just didn't want to go. Maybe, first of all, maybe Yamamoto never wanted to come to the Yankees. Or I think that's the team. most, I think that's the biggest thing. So we, if, I mean, the Mets uh, <clears throat> offered 325 and didn't even seem like but, it was a real thing. But if there's a world in which, you know, for certain you offered 326 and he's going to sign on the dotted line, the Yankees, you should do that. Yes. If you I, want, I don't player, think that's the case. I think it's a convenient I think it's convenient for the media to pick up on uh, a Garrett Cole sliding rather than the Yankees had really had no chance because I yeah. think that's more more along the lines of they what were part was of they were part of Yamamoto's leverage team to get leverage exactly the Yankees the Mets any other team he met with is all just to increase the price on the Dodgers especially the Giants because I know the Giants were in on it too no yeah I want to go to the Dodgers and I'm going to use you people to to drive my price up for the Dodgers yeah well just. You fine, know, fine. It's, it's, a, it's a negotiating tactic. It is what it is. It's a, it's a beautiful <coughs> thing about having a free market that they could do that. And, but yeah, clearly, and that's why I think that that the Yankees kind of stood their ground at the offer, which that which was a fair offer. And like I know there are some people that were out there like, oh, the Yankees didn't do this. The Yankees made a fair offer, uh, like an extremely fair offer to a guy that that is coming over, uh, and and they had been talking to for a long time. So 
that's why I don't believe the when you look at the history of Cashman and the Yankees scouting and spending time with Yamamoto and, and being over there and putting all the diligence they did in with this guy. There's no way you can convince me that the 25 or $26 million was the difference in him signing and not signing. The guy didn't want to play in New York. The guy <laughs> wanted to play in the West Coast and he wanted to be in Dodger Blue. And I think after Otani signed there as well, it was it was written for for him. You know, obviously nobody else knew that at the time. Um, but that's where he wanted to be, clearly. Now, though, do you feel like the Yankees are backed into a corner where they need to get one or maybe even two starting pitchers because they made Yamamoto such a priority this offseason? I think that the no matter no matter what Yamamoto had to clear Otani and Yamamoto had to clear the market before any of these other guys were were gonna go no matter what. So you know, them prioritizing one over the other, uh, I think that those those camps were going to wait no matter what because they needed to identify where the market was, which is smart. I mean, you should you should wait. Yamamoto, you're expecting record deals from both of those guys, so why would you try to sign early? You want those to hit the market so that you can have, you know, a little bit more of a clear line in the sand uh, for when you're negotiating. That said, <clears throat> they are uh, backs against the wall a bit. They do need yeah. another, uh, at least another of. Uh, starting pitcher that 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 can come in here and and have success and a little bit more of a uh less less of a risk because with Radon uh and we don't know what to expect from him you you'd think that we're going to get a, a significant bounce back year from him but again nothing that he's shown on the pitcher's mound in Yankee Stadium or in pinstripes has has shown that he's got the ability to do that but to me at this point there's one guy and one guy only on the free agent market that gives you the 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 uh, the feeling of we're going to sign this guy. It's probably going to be over an overpay given where the starting pitching market is. But I know damn well that he can come in, and that's that's Jordan Montgomery. I think he's the by far the the clearest, safest option. And this isn't. I know you don't like when Yankees come back, but I think this is Mm-mm. different because he's. It's different. I've said this is different. Yeah. I I I've talked about this uh, a number of times. I would. I don't totally. listen when you talk normally, so refresh. Great. I would totally re-sign Jordan Montgomery. And yeah. this is not a – because Jordan Montgomery did not fail in New York and then get shipped away or or just you know have his contract end. Jordan Montgomery was traded away. Was he better once he left New York? Yeah, but I'm not putting that on Jordan Montgomery as being a failure in New York. I think there's other, other circumstances that led to him – becoming a better pitcher when he left yeah i think if anything they didn't evaluate him properly and what his true potential was to sort of get that out of him and then brian cashman traded him away for what we have come to learn is was not enough i mean they they didn't get enough from harrison bader for the value that they traded away in jordan montgomery and now they're gonna have to pay the price to get him back it's gonna cost you 25 million a year over six years to get jordan montgomery back well whether whether they whether they traded him away or or not, they were still going to have to pay to get him retained uh, at that point too. <clears throat> you know, that's assuming he had the same success in pinstripes that he did in St. Louis and in Texas. And you could argue very easily that he wouldn't have. Um, so right. he became and, and, a better and, pitcher by going, which which could be a good thing for the Yankees. That's a because uh, they're going to get a better pitcher. Because they're going to get a better a world pitcher. in which he stayed with the Yankees continued to be the same pitcher he was with the Yankees. Right. Hit the market. He's going to get like a three year. $60 million yeah. contract or something like Doesn't that. Doesn't maximize even potential. Three-year $50 million contract. And the Yankees are like, well, why do we want that? We can find that somewhere else. And yeah. then he just goes and signs with some other team and then maybe explodes 
but then he doesn't get this the, the the trade getting traded was the best thing that ever happened to Jordan Montgomery both times i mean the he he put himself in a position <laughs> when he went over to St. Louis dominated for the rest of the season essentially and then when he got traded to Texas obviously he got put in the best possible position you could be put in is in in a world series contender that actually goes and uh he performs well in the postseason and you know is a large contributor to a World Series championship right before. So you could you could make an argument that Jordan Montgomery being traded to Texas was significantly better for his free agent market than Blake Snell winning the Cy Young right before he goes on because of of what he showed in big moments. And he, I mean, and and I think that Jordan Montgomery is probably is the opposite of Blake Snell in the sense that he's a durable guy. He's a he's a dude. Like he's a, he's a big boy, and he uh, he he seemingly has you know very he's got good mechanics. He's uh, he's able to stay healthy, you know, knock on wood. But he's got he's got that durability that you don't see in a lot of guys, and that's why. I, and and there's a familiarity, obviously, with him and the New York Yankees and their uh, and their staff. So it, to me, it makes a ton of sense. I I, I, I was listening to uh, MLB radio on on Sirius on the way into the office this morning, and uh, they mentioned that um, Montgomery's wife has is doing a residency in Boston, which uh, oh. which I thought was interesting. Um, we know, you know, uh, from your your sister, you know, in the in the in the area doing something similar at some point. That that's a massive uh, time commitment as well. And if you're up there, you probably want to be uh, somewhere relatively close, or you know, have the opportunity to be in that city uh, a good amount of times in the year and a short trip to it. So that you know, whether that's a whether that's a a part in in what he's uh, what he's looking at as far as convenience and closest proximity to uh, to family. New York's pretty close, but Boston is also Boston's one of these closer. teams that are talking. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know the, what the Red Sox are doing is is odd, interesting. I don't really know. They they traded away Sale and, and some money along with it to Atlanta for Vaughn Grissom, who's who could be a nice piece for them. He's got a lot of years of team control, and I know Grissom was supposed to take over from uh, as as the shortstop, but his defense sort of pushed him out of that position. So I think the Red Sox, I was hearing that they're going to just try and make him their primary second baseman. I think he can hit. Um, we'll see what he can do defensively. But they also signed Lucas Giolito, who I guess gave a 41. I didn't realize he was this bad. He gave 41 home runs last year, Lucas Giolito. Yeah, he's he's a he, – and he was significantly worse after he got uh, – after he went uh, like away from Chicago. Like six-plus ERA after he got traded. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was – but when you see how much he's getting paid now, that's like nineteen million AAV. That's showing you it's that the the starting the the starting pitcher market right now is insanely expensive because it's there's a two year deal with a, with opt out, so it's not like he's getting nineteen million for the next seven years or anything like that. But, but it's still, still million if, you're, a year. if you if you are a guy that can throw the baseball and have some type of track record in Major League Baseball on the professional level. You're going to get paid right now, you know, whether it's a short-term deal or not. Frankie Montas going in there, the 12 million or 14 million uh, total AAV. That's a lot for a guy that hasn't thrown the baseball barely any in two years and coming off of, uh, of surgery and has no track record of, of recovering from, uh, you know, any of the surgeries that he's that he's gone to. I mean, what what proof do you have that Frankie Montas is is anywhere close to what we thought maybe he was in Oakland? Uh, you know, around the time he got popped for steroids too, by the way. I think with a lot of these types of things, teams, there's a risk reward 
you know, analysis that, that they're doing. And they're saying like, this could very well just be a waste of $14 million, but in a best case scenario, he's good again and we're competing or we can trade him away to get back significant prospects because he's exceeding expectations and some team will be desperate that needs a starting pitcher at, at in July. This is still in the Cincinnati Reds, and Ilya was talking to us before we started recording. He's now the highest paid guy on that team, and a, and a team that yeah. that that they believe they're a, approaching. It's a young you know, team, very young team. Yeah, it, which which they believe I, I think that they could take off this year, and uh, adding a veteran guy like him in theory could be a good thing to stabilize. But <clears throat> he's the least stabilizing, uh, you know, guy you can add to a to a lineup given his his track record of of injuries. How many innings did Frankie Montas throw for the Yankees? Was it even fifty? I mean, holy shit! I had a a buddy that is a over Cincinnati under fifty. Reds. What are you taking? Over under fifty? Under. I'm taking I'm taking the under on fifty. I think it's probably right around fifty. But if I if I had to guess, it was. It I have was a buddy who's a Cincinnati right Reds fan and was asking me. He sent me a, a text after uh, Montas signed with Cincinnati. He's like, "So what do you what do you think?" I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah. I didn't see him pitch. Your he guess was, is as good as mine. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you what I thought when he came over, but. He didn't do any, literally nothing. There's no sample size for us to look at and say, oh, this is what Berkey Montas is. That doesn't exist. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so the the big guys on the market still, obviously we've talked about Montgomery and Snell, but also Shota Imanaga, the other Japanese pitcher, the left-handed pitcher, who's I believe 30 years old out of Japan. He is ranked as the third best available free agent pitcher right now behind those other two guys. Uh, 41. 41 in his pitch, yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So for, for Frankie Montes. And I know there was some talks that the Yankees were potentially going to bring him back on a similar deal that he got for the Reds. Would you have been okay with that? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. If he's healthy and I just there's this, such a huge F with him that it's uh <coughs> No, just move on. Just get something. To, no, spend the money. Spend the money on on Jordan Montgomery. Bring a guy in that you know is going to pitch, and uh, and stop dicking around. That's what I'm suggesting, yeah. though. Is you sign Jordan Montgomery and you bring back F- Frankie Montes to hopefully be the guy you were trading for two seasons ago. If he's a if he's a if he's a flyer at the end of the rotation, fine. Yeah, but no, you can't bring him in behind with all the other question marks and say, here we go, Frankie Montes, another question mark in our rotation. You need another solidified arm in this rotation you probably need two more solidified arms i just so like you, you in any in any way shape or form it's it's hard for me to uh get behind frankie montas as a as a solidified arm even if he's healthy i have no not, idea what he is you're misunderstanding what i'm saying i'm not misunderstanding my point is that like i don't know if the upside's there that's that's what i'm saying i don't oh well that's another factor yeah because i i, I just I, I have no idea if the upside's there because the upside when he was in oakland like he, he was good and he had some good he had good stuff but the track record wasn't there for sustainability of him doing even before that injury. Like he had, uh, I think one, one and a half good years at the end um, of, of, with Oakland and his stuff played better than his looked better than his numbers were. So what is the upside truly on Frankie Montas? And I doubt he ever really shows it. Right. Yep. So now you're looking at those three pitchers I mentioned on the free agent market. And then the, the trade market, uh, I know we've talked about Corbin Burns, um, is Bieber going to be available from the Guardians? Who, who the hell knows? But the Yankees are going to have to do something. And I think there's a lot of pressure on them in the next six weeks before spring training starts to do something big in the rotation. Yeah. And 
the options are are dwindling down. So they need to. I think they need to. I think they need to get behind the Jordan Montgomery piece, and they need to make the move and, and make it happen. It's it really is the safest thing, and I think they need a safer option right now. They they don't need an option that that has the ability to blow up in your face. And to me, Jordan Montgomery probably has the the uh, the least. Um, the, the smallest factor to blow up. It's got, it's got, it's, it's the safest move on the market. And uh, frankly, it was the safe. It's always been the safest move, even looking at the other guys, uh, given the the cost of it, but you're going to, you're going to overpay a little bit, but you know, you pretty much know what you're getting with him. So Ilya just dropped in our chat. How do you guys feel about the rumored build a super bullpen as a backup plan to getting more starting pitching? You could sign hater and then a couple other uh, bullpen arms to, I guess just shorten games. Haven't they tried that before? Didn't they try that in the 2016, 17, 18, 19 seasons? And it, ultimately it did not work out for them. We've seen what happens when you have to rely on four plus innings out of your bullpen routinely throughout the season. Guys get worn down. It's more opportunities for your manager to make dumb decisions. It's more opportunities for guys to just have off nights and you blow a game that you otherwise shouldn't have because when you try out four or five different guys, someone's going to be off in the game. And then you get into a situation in the playoffs and you're always going to be playing close games against other good pitching where offense is, is going to be harder to come by and every decision is magnified. You have such a thin margin of error when you are doing a bullpen, super bullpen to try and win a championship. Yeah. And then exactly. And then it, it's, that is just magnified even more once you hit the playoffs and, uh, and you have to go against you don't have any depth in your in your rotation and you have to be perfect in the bullpen and and your matching days. So it's a difficult thing to do, but as the Yankees have looked at the pitching staff over the years, I think that they're looking for quality arms. And if they can't get it in the rotation, they've already shown that they will go and get it in the bullpen. And I'm not going to sit here and say that if they can't, if they're not going to, if they don't sign one, they, they need to sign, um, I, I really do. They just need to sign Jordan Montgomery. Um, but if they don't, for whatever reason, and and uh, Josh Hader's out there, then yeah, get the best arm. Like You do need to improve the pitching staff. I just don't agree with that philosophy. It will be because they whiffed on starting pitching, though. It, will, be, it yes. will not be because this is what they wanted to do. It's because what they're now forced to do. Yes, I agree with that. Which is never a good place to be. Correct. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So the Yankees did trade Estevan Florial to Cleveland a couple weeks ago for uh, Cody Morris, who's a a swing a swing pitcher. Um, Florial had passed through waivers at the beginning of last season, and he was out of options. 
I mean, at one point he was a top three prospect in the Yankee system uh, way back Dude. in 2018, right? Like 2017, 2018, he was a top three prospect. Many moons ago, he unfortunately got <coughs> injured. We were at that, that spring training game when he injured. Was that 17 or 18 that was that injury happened? I think it was 18. He broke his wrist running into a was center it pre-camp or post-camp? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what. That would have been post-camp. Okay, so 18. It was 18 yeah. then, if that's the case. Then he... It was 18 or 19, but, um, could have been 19 as well. Could have been 19. Yeah. The, uh, but yeah, he was, he's the guy that just never was able to hit in the major leagues. Um, forever, uh, for, forever his plate discipline was an issue, still an issue. Uh, and that's, that's always been his, his Achilles heel. He strikes out too much, uh, doesn't walk enough, doesn't see the ball well enough, uh, in the major leagues to, uh, to build on a, an offensive career. He's always been a really good defender still is. And I hope he does well. I really do. Because you look at him and like the guy's a specimen of an athlete uh, and unfortunately was derailed, you know, from by injuries uh, at key points of his of his uh, prospect status career. Um, and it just didn't work out. So in 2019, he was the top ranked Yankees prospect. Now, that's a little misleading because at that point, the Yankees had called up Glaber Torres and some other guys who would have been ranked higher than Estevan Florio, like. Clint Frazier probably would have still been ranked higher, but he was no longer considered a prospect at that time. And I think some of the other pitching in the Yankees system, Justice Sheffield, Justice Sheffield would have been ranked higher, but I don't think he was. Cons- he might not have even. You know, he wasn't in the Yankees. He traded at that point because he was yeah. traded for James Paxson at that point. So it w- that's a little misleading, but it still goes to show you, like he was a, a highly ranked prospect. That uh, another guy who I'm sure at some point, if they traded in that time frame, they could have got an actual return for, and instead, this is what they're left with giving him away. I know I'm not saying giving him away. I mean, it's just like, I, I mean, no value look, for him. Cody, so Cody Morris, I'm surprised they got a, a major league pitcher, <laughs> to be honest. Like this, this is actually a pretty good job. And given the diminished value of Florio and the fact that, uh, he was out of options at that, or no, he's got two options or no, Cody Morris has two options. Cody Florio Morris has was options out. Florio is out of options. Cause Florio passed through waivers. That's right. So, um, when you're getting a guy that, that has the ability to start, has, uh, you know, was in uh, the bullpen last year, but seemingly has good stuff. He's got four pitches, so we'll see what they can do with him. Like he, again, this this is a, a I feel like repeating repeating. You know, the the one thing that that we've seen success with from the front office of the Yankees is they've been able to find uh, quality relief pitchers. So if if he's one of these guys who can swing, you know, between a, a starting pitcher and a and a reliever, or just settle into the bullpen, um, wouldn't surprise me one bit. So. They got a contributor. You're going to be mad if Florio turns into a player for Cleveland? No, I'm not. Because I think he had ample time to do that here. Ample time. And I I, I don't expect it. Again, I, I don't expect it either. Watching him try and hit at the major league level was yeah. not pretty. No. I hope he does, though. I really do. I hope he figures it out. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, a couple other Frasian updates that impact the Yankees. So Kevin Kiermaier re-signed with the Blue Jays for one year, $10.5 million. IKF signed a deal with Toronto for two years and $15 million. I know that's a guy that you would have – I think you probably would have wanted to see the Yankees bring back in a utility role. But I don't think there's, there's a spot for him at this point with the way that the roster is. But when you look at, when you look at the utility role now for the Yankees, you're looking at uh, – you're looking at a, a couple uh, a couple young guys who can come in and and, and fill that spot. So um, I don't I don't really think there was a a clear role for him anymore. 
we already talked about Frankie Montas and just the price on pitching because of what him and uh, Chris Sale, who uh, the the Braves traded, what could be a very good young player for Chris Sale. And uh, I know, Ilya, you wanted us to play a game where we guess how many innings Chris Sale has pitched since 2020. I did not look this up. My guess is like 110, 120 innings. I know he was injured in the COVID season, and I think he came back in 2021 because the Red Sox were good in 2021, which was a bit of a surprise. And I think he came back and pitched in the second half of that season, but wasn't very good. So I'm, I'm guessing like 120 innings. What's your guess, Scott? I also did not look this up. I'm going to go under that, and I'm going to say 70, 73. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I thought you guys would both go over. He only he threw 151 innings. Oh, okay. That's more than I actually thought, though. Well, it's, it's been four seasons, right? Three he seasons. signed that extension with the Red Sox right before the 2020 season when Garrett Cole signed. So mm-hmm. Garrett Cole since then has thrown 664 innings. Every day. He's out there every day. So they've paid him $216,000 an inning. They Red Sox have paid Chris Sale seven hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars. That's for insane. Every inning he's so when you when you think about the amount of innings, the reason I'm going under on uh, on that one two hundred thousand dollars an inning is still a lot of money, guys. Yeah, <laughs> think about it. It is. Um, <coughs> the the Red Sox were just not were non competitive as well. They were out of 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 uh, when he was when he was in there pitching. He wasn't pitching in any meaningful games during those hundred and how many. Hundreds. No, I thought 2021 the Reds didn't the Red, the Red Sox almost made the, the ALCS in, or they did make the ALCS. In was he pitching at that point? I don't even yes. maybe I tuned he came out. Back, he came back that season. That's why I thought that's why I guessed over 100 innings cuz I remember him pitching a decent amount that season. Do I have that wrong? I don't know. 2021 he he pitched 9 games in 2021 and 2 games in 2022. Yeah, so I remember him coming back down the nine stretch games. in 2021. Yeah. That's nine starts. I mean, that's a decent amount. Yeah. Uh, think about how many games the Yankees pitchers haven't pitched. Like, come on, like Frankie Montes, we just talked about forty-one innings. Yeah, Chris Sale's pitched. lapping him three times. Yeah, what's the average per inning for Frankie Montas? <laughs> <clears throat> Luckily, probably not a lot. Although forty-one innings is not a lot. But the price on pitching to our to the point we were we were discussing is insane. When these guys with massive injury risks and, and, and huge question marks are getting either prospect capital traded away or or legitimate dollars just for the hope they can be good yeah it just there's there's not a lot out there and and i think uh the guys are the, but the, there is a lot this 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 offseason was like perhaps the best free agent pitching class in years well i mean after after yamamoto which is the price the the problem is is that the the high the, the guys that were leading the market were significantly high Guys that that had a very small window of of you know suitors, the, the, a very small group of suitors. So once you set the market at that high price, where most of the people that need starting pitching are not involved, then all of a sudden the the market for these other guys goes through the roof for 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 you know actual starting pitching. And when you're looking at the actual free agent market, it's not that deep actually. It's it's. It's not okay. Yamamoto, I agree with because also he's really realistically. Can't even put Otani in that category either. I'm not putting Otani in that category, but Yamamoto, I agree. He was only going to sign with a handful of teams anyway. But then when you get to Snell, Montgomery, uh, Nola, I know already signed back with Philly, but all of those guys, there should have been ten or twelve teams realistically in on signing those guys. If you're if you think you're going to be competing 
in the next three years, you should be in on Baltimore should be in on signing Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. They have the money to do that. Will they? I have no clue. But you can't sit here and tell me Baltimore can't afford Jordan Montgomery. That's bullshit if you say that. No, I understand that. then what that. the fuck are you doing if you're the Baltimore Orioles? But again, you're talking about two guys now uh, <laughs> and, and Snell with for, you know, the 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 thought about Snell is is risk. I don't like I don't risk, like risk, the thought risk. of Snell. I don't want the Yankees to sign Blake Snell. But I think a but, lot of teams agree with that. And I think there's a there's a risk cloud that's hovering Blake Snell right now. And Jordan Montgomery, if you look at now who the available free agent free agents are, uh, like Nola, was he going anywhere else besides Philly? Very I possibly he, not. I think, well, I think if if another team offered him 180 million instead of the 170, but again, million, like you're you're, you're overpaying for a for a guy like you Aaron overpay Nola for everyone. Just find me a free agent that doesn't get overpaid. When you over, you can overpay, but when you're when you're looking at uh, the potential hit on on you know getting significant value for for that is is low with these guys except for to me jordan montgomery is the one guy that you could probably get a higher value than what you pay for has the ability to i don't like the idea of signing blake snell if you're the yankees because i think he's too big of a question mark in in an already questionable rotation behind garrett cole but if you're i'm going to use orioles as as the example again this is a young team that desperately needed a front of the line starting pitcher last year that would be a very easy sell if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan for Blake Snell. He just won the Cy Young. He's won the Cy Young before in the American League East. He can put you over the top if you're if he has another good season. If he has another top five Cy Young caliber season, that brings the Orioles to another level that they were not able to achieve this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the the Orioles are prime for for getting. And if that like costs that, you two hundred and fifteen. If that costs you $215 million and you're the Baltimore Orioles, you have to do that. Otherwise, what is the point of trying of building the, the team that they have built, right? Now, I understand some teams are not capable of doing that. Tampa Bay is never going to be capable of spending that much money on a free agent. But Baltimore is not a hum, you know, ho-dunk town. Like Baltimore is it's not a, a major base- franchise. They have owners that- The that Orioles are a major baseball franchise. They're not the Yankees, but they're in that next level down if they if they need to be, especially in dumb- their prime years. Like they 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 have a a very uh, you know a, a deep fan base when going yeah. well, and they've made bad decisions in free agency, and like that, and maybe that that sinks them more than it's going to sink another franchise. But if you're never going to take the swing again, what's the point of what's the point? Yeah, no, they're primed. But again, that means the Yankees need to uh, to to very much go in and solidify Jordan. You know, if the Orioles went and 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 snagged Jordan Montgomery uh, under everybody's nose, like that would be the move of one of the biggest moves of the of the offseason, getting a guy like that for Baltimore, who has you know potential. He's now put in a position then to 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 you know lead a up and coming team um, as the veteran. Uh, starting pitcher uh, to to be their their number one guy and and with and, a ring lead like w- with the cachet yeah. of a ring yeah it's actually a really strong position would be so if you're looking at both of those guys and you're thinking about similar money on the Orioles I hope it doesn't happen because the Yankees uh, need him pretty damn yeah. badly the, the, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of pressure on the Yankees to make make major pitching moves and it, I'm not talking about hater and and a super bullpen i'm talking about legit starting pitching that you can count is going to pitch 28 plus starts this season yeah because if you sign snell you almost have to 
the haters still in play at that point too. And you're looking at the, what's the total cost for them because you still need to solidify that bullpen yeah. uh, with a guy like Snell in your rotation, because he doesn't really give you that starter length. I'm going to be so angry if they sign Blake Snell. Now I hope they sign Blake Snell. I'm going to be angry because it, no matter what, I'm going to be angry. You're going to see him on Twitch in between. I'm certainly not going to watch him on Twitch, but I'm going to be angry because I, I think he's going to be a disaster. And then if he is a disaster, that's going to make me mad. And then if he isn't a disaster, I'm going to be mad because then I was wrong. There's a no-win situation for me if they sign Blake Snow. I love it. Now I, now I, now I truly hope they sign Blake Snow. <laughs> I guess it would only not be if he was just mediocre, just average every <laughs> single time out there. Average. He's gonna. Uh, he's, that, that's the thing with him is like because he puts guys on base. You know, it's it's a, it's it's going whenever you're whenever he's pitching, especially if you were pitching in the Bronx and you're putting guys on base consistently. Like he's got the ability and the track record for getting out of uh, situations and and working himself out because he can pitch. Um, but that 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 hits a little different, I think, when you're doing it in the Bronx, when you're when you're consistently leaving guys on, you know, do you have that ability to finish uh, a particular inning in Yankee Stadium uh, as opposed to San Diego or you know Tampa? A lot of guys can't. So one thing that that uh, Logan and I were talking about when we were doing the GM plans is like if we sign Jordan Montgomery um, or Blake Snell, obviously, or or Imanaga because he's also left-handed. You're then looking at three fifths of your rotation being left-handed, and that's not normal. No, I mean, that usually two lefties in in the rotation is most you're going to see. Yeah, does that worry you at all? Um, no, I don't think so. Doesn't really worry me. It's not something that like until he said it, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it would be because you've got Radon and then hopefully Nestor Cortez, and then you would have Montgomery or Snell or Imanaga or someone like that. It, it didn't bother me it didn't really bother me i don't know if that's but i agree it's it's odd that you don't normally see it because of the yeah because of the amount of right-handed bats that that uh it depends on you know how how a particular lefty is doing against right-handed pitching i guess uh but not, not i think left-handers can glance. i mean left-handers have historically had a lot of success pitching in yankee stadium like they have you, you, you again not a concern on the on the face on face value it, it's more about individual player and i'll say that as a as a right-handed pitcher too because plenty of guys that are right-handed pitchers uh that i don't want pitching in in pinstripes it's the same it's a similar story with you know with how certain guys are at the plate like yeah we want a lefty bat that's a a lefty power bat something that they've always wanted for sure and they and that they needed but you you have um if you have the ability to uh to to put up good numbers against right-handed pitching still then again it doesn't matter it depends on the player all right a couple other things before we wrap up uh yankees i guess reportedly interested in bringing back Gio urshela okay uh why not just sign ikf at that point but fine um cbs graded the yankees offseason in a so far which i think is a little high i i, I obviously you got juan soto and Verdugo who's C- and cbs I- who the, the network is or someone sports I don't know. I saw it in I saw it in a headline. That, and yeah. I was like, that seems like too high of a grade. Right now. Again, it's like, okay, you're at the mid this is like the midterm, right? Like you've got an A right now, but don't fuck this up the rest of the way because you don't go get a starting pitcher. You're not getting an A for this offseason. No, let's break this down even further. Okay. Juan Soto's an A. Everything else. Yep. What's the grade on everything else? Uh I don't know. We're we're I'm at a I'm at a C right now. I can't say Alex Verdugo is a guy that, you know, I'm uh 
you know, running to spring training for it's uh we'll see. He's got the ability to, to, to be, to be a good fit here, but it's Juan Soto. The re- only reason that grade is remotely good is because of Juan Soto. If the Yankees didn't have Juan Soto, it would be an F. Well, RJ. <laughs> so, Anderson, so the grade, the grade is for Juan Soto. The, the, uh, the world renowned baseball reporter, RJ Anderson wrote the article. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, does he have a, does you, he have a, um, <clears throat> a vote in the hall nope. of fame? Never even heard of the guy. So you also want to talk about how Greg Bird is tearing up the Australian league. I just wanted to, to throw a little, it's always nice to, to hear stories. So where are they now? Where yeah. are they now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Greg Bird is uh, leading the Australian baseball league for the, the Melbourne aces in home runs mm-hmm. in runs batted in mm-hmm. and the most mm-hmm. important stat games played. It's man, shocking. The man's out there. <laughs> Young, I think it's a young season at this point still, but the you know the guy you read the article is a good article on the Athletic. Um, I think uh, Cuddy wrote it. Um, it's a is good the Australian one. league like the sixth best professional baseball league in the world? I have no idea. But you know what it is? MLB. It's a good place to regain the love of the game. And you know what I didn't know is that in twenty one, if you read that article in twenty one, uh, Bird was with the Colorado Rockies affiliate, AAA affiliate. Hit 29 home runs. We talked about this. I don't remember, remember talking about that. Knocked in 90 some RBI. Like the guy was productive and out yeah. there. Couldn't couldn't break through with the Rockies at that point. Rockies didn't want to bring in guy that was putting up numbers like that. Did he not play at all for the Rockies? That I don't year? think he, he cracked the roster at all. Yeah, I don't think who, he. Who did he crack the roster for? Did the Blue Texas Jays have and the Texas. Blue, I think the Blue, Texas the Blue Jays. I think he was gonna last year. I think he was coming out of spring training. Was going to be. Uh, I don't know if he cracked the roster at that point, but he was coming up. But Texas, he was definitely in for a bit. So, do you realize that Greg Bird debuted in the first season we were doing this podcast? No, fifteen. Yeah. Wild. He was supposed to be the guy. He was the guy. He was the guy up until other stuff. Susan Waldman was in love with Greg Bird. I was in love with Greg Bird. That was a sweet swing for Yankee Stadium, and he was very, very good for them in 2015, and then all the injuries happened. Yeah. And we'll, we'll always have the Andrew Miller, uh, the home run off Andrew Miller in the 2017. And I'll playoffs. always have this. <laughs> did, did it break? <laughs> it has, was broken, that broke? so, it has okay. broken so many times. The, the Greg Bird bobblehead with the shell, and I love the fact that it broke because it's, a, it's breaking even more now. It's so goddamn top heavy because he's sitting in this in this <coughs> shell that just doesn't he just doesn't fit in it, and 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 the head breaks like constantly. So I just leave the crack pieces <laughs> in there because a, I think a, it, it actually makes more sense that that it's a broken shell. Doesn't even look a little bit like Greg Bird. It's got the eyebrows. It's got the eyebrows. Yeah. How are the toes looking? Broken? No, no toes. No toes. Even better. <laughs> he's just he's just half half of a man. Oh, and and the and the best part is he's got the 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 bird wings that look like angel wings on the back. They do look like angel wings. Yeah, but is that a uh, Trenton or a Scranton? Scranton. Okay, Scranton Wilkesbury. Well, that's weird because he got called up straight from Scranton. Or uh, excuse me, straight from Trenton. That's true. Did he go back at any point? To only to, to rehab. Yeah. Well, there you go. So this is a limited, this is a limited edition. Very limited. I mean, this is uh, you can't you can't find this, especially the broken part of it. I think I increased the value. You know the 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 banks banks Banksy is that his name the the artist the 
graffiti artist yeah the guy that 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 sold like the the painting with the little girl with the umbrella and then uh, at sotheby's or whatever and then and then as the auction ended it shredded he he like installed a shredder on in the frame yeah so the whole goddamn thing shredded uh and it came out the bottom of the frame right after it sold and uh and now has like 20 x in value the shredded version of it because it was shredded now it's even more unique I wonder if he knew that was going to happen or if he was just trying to be a dick. I think both. <laughs> All I right. Both. Now, that's going to wrap up today's show. We'll be back at you again. Spring training is right around the corner. It's like six, six, five, six weeks away. It's pretty amazing. Go get pitching, Yankees. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.